What's going on, Internet? It's your boy, Scooter Ray, and I'm here to bring another Car Chronicles Reviews. Now, whether you're new here or you've been here, if you're new here, of course, welcome. If you've been here, y'all know what this is. If you're new here, Car Chronicles Reviews with us, the Less Than Stealthy Ninjas, of course, Lone Ninja. Shout out to Cosmic Boss and Aronia Miss. We review things. Whether it's movies, TV shows, wrestling pay-per-views, conventions, all of that. It's all wrapped up into this beautiful little thing we call the Car Chronicles Reviews. And you're pretty sure you're probably wondering, Car Chronicles Reviews, where that name come from? Well, if you ever check our reviews out, some of them are in the car, some of them are not. We like to try to give it in the moment of after we see things to give the review and let you know how we really feel. But today's case, I'm here to talk about the event that went on last night, a.k.a. the party of the summer, WWE SummerSlam. As you can see, it emanated from Detroit, Ford Field, where the Lions play. And... It's their annual party of the summer. It's their, one of their big four. It's the three out of the big four. You know, your Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Survivor, sorry, SummerSlam, then Survivor Series. So it's the third of the big four. It's usually around the August time frame. And it's WrestleMania Junior, kind of. Yeah, WrestleMania Junior. So, Let's get into it. First match of the night, we got social media megastar Logan Paul. For those who don't know, yes, Logan Paul has been actively wrestling on and off now for the past two years, and he's taking on high-flying specialist Ricochet. Around your miss, calm yourself down. Calm yourself down. I know you see Ricochet. Calm yourself down. Uh, this match kind of the seeds were sown in this match during the Royal Rumble of this year where Logan Paul and Ricochet had some moments there. And then after all of the Royal Rumble stuff, after all of the WrestleMania things, it kind of just slowly built and it kind of circled back around to where they were somewhat crossing each other's paths and it just came to the point to where it was like, all right, fam, now we need to settle this. Um, pretty decent match. Um, one of the things that's can you say sad in a sense is that as much as we want to hate Logan Paul, he's not a bad wrestler. He's not a bad wrestler. He has the build. He has the athleticism. He's not a bad wrestler. Um, typically, if you've seen Logan Paul matches, like he's had about almost 10 of them now. It's a lot of showboating. It's a lot of high fly moves. And then now pairing this with Ricochet, they were just all over the place. But it was a pretty decent match. Um, a lot of the, a lot of high flying spots, a lot of risky spots where it was like, please don't hurt yourselves. Please, please. Ultimately, the match ended with Logan Paul. So one of his one of his peoples was somehow 
part of the ring crew or something, he slid him some brass knucks. And one of the things that WWE keeps mentioning, the announcers, is that Logan's right hand is reinforced with titanium pins. So his thing is he has a one lucky shot because, you know, he dabbled in the boxing. You know, he fought Money Mayweather and I forgot who else he fought. But, you know, with him dabbling in the boxing and things like that, they always say that, you know, he has that one lucky shot and it could do it. Well, his little homie slid him some brass nugs. So just think about it. Titanium pinned hand with brass nugs. The ref didn't see it. He decks ricochet. One, two, three. Logan Paul gets the dub. Next up, we have the rubber match of the grudge matches of grudge matches, which to this day, we still don't know why these two even started beefing. The American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, the Beast, Brock Lesnar. I know if you're looking at the graphics and the title cards, the name should be flipped, but <laughs> you get it. Um, this is their rubber match. Cody won at Backlash. Brock won at Night of Champions. This is the settles of score. Um, like I said in the beginning, we don't know why this grudge match even took place in the first place. But here we are. Typical Brock Lesnar match with a slight caveat. And the slight caveat was Cody doesn't know when to say die. So Brock is throwing him around. Brock is slamming him everywhere. And what Brock tried to do was he was beating Cody up a lot outside the ring. And Brock was like, I'll just take a count out victory. So he was slamming him outside. Cody kept beating the 10 count. Brock's finisher, the F5, where he picks you up on his shoulders and just really gigs you off of him. He was hit with that. Cody still wouldn't say die. He still was like, nope, I'm going to get back in the ring. Brock got mad, hit his F5 through the announce table. Cody still got up and was like, I'm not giving up this easy. So, you know, Cody fought back. Cody did what he needed to do to get the win. As I said, he got the win. The funniest thing of that match was somehow Brock's shorts got destroyed. And Cody hit his finisher, the crossroads, which is kind of a reverse corkscrew DDT. Just look it up, crossroads. Um, he hit it three times in a row, beats Brock Lesnar, one, two, three. And Brock virtually did the unthinkable. When the match was over with, Brock legitimately shook Cody's hand, hugged it out, rose his hand up, you know, sign of respect to the fans and everything. So it was like, okay, Brock officially gave Cody the nod. So Cody wins the war between him and Brock. Next up, four reasons this match existed. We have the, oh, let me get the graphics right, the Slim Jim Battle Royal. Um, this was 25 superstars. You had the likes of AJ Styles, Karrion Cross, Alpha Academy, the Brawling Brutes, L.A. Knight, yeah, uh, Santos Escobar, United States Champion Austin Theory, uh, members of Imperium, uh, 
Ludwig and Giovanni. Uh, Omos was added. Who else was in this match? A lot of people. It was like I said, about roughly 25 individuals added. And it was a fun match. Uh, I don't think it was really for anything per se. But all in all, L.A. Knight gets the dub. You know, the crowd, he has been the crowd favorite now for months. The crowd really wants L.A. Knight to succeed. They really want to see some type of gold on L.A. Knight. Whether it's the World Heavyweight, they, whether it's the World Heavyweight Championship, they want to see L.A. Knight succeed. Um, he gets the dub, and magically, he stars in a Slim Jim commercial. Right? But we'll see if this Battle Royal truly has any meaning or anything other than them just having fun. Next up, Another grudge match settled. MMA rules. Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey. Once again, if you're looking at the title card, I should have switched the names. But it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, this match stems from the fact that at Money in the Bank, Shayna and Ronda were women's tag champions. Shayna betrayed Ronda. They lost the tag championships. And it was... Shayna's tired of being in Ronda's shadow. Shayna's tired of being a uh, second fiddle to Ronda, that she is just as dangerous. She is just as good or even better in MMA or in fighting or anything as Ronda, but Ronda always gets the credit. It's always when Ronda needs help, me and others are always helping her, but when I need help, where is she at? You know, that type of storyline. So, they were like, hey, we couldn't just have this as a regular match. We have to settle this in a fight. And they decided to do an MMA rules match inside of a wrestling ring. Now, back in the day, WWE had a match called the Lions Den. Look that up. That would have been more suitable. Recently, they introduced the fight pit which they had the fight pit match in WWE because Riddle and Rollins and Daniel Cormier was the ref for that. Why didn't they just do that again? Because literally the rules were knock out or tap out inside of a wrestling ring. I'm going to let y'all just kind of ponder that. The crowd was not into it. It, 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 it was, it, it, I don't know. It really didn't translate that well in this match. Um, kudos for the ladies for going out there and doing what they needed to do. But the crowd wasn't into it. Maybe if they would have did it in some type of specialty thing instead of having, trying to have an MMA fight. In a wrestling ring, it would have been a lot better. But ultimately, Ronda chokes out. Sorry. Ultimately, Shayna chokes out Ronda. Now, Ronda, now sorry, now Shayna can be considered the baddest woman on the planet now. We'll see where that goes going forward. <laughs> Next up, 
Intercontinental Championship, the Ring General, the undefeated Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre finally showed back up in July after months of being away because there was all these type of rumors that he, was he going to stay, was he going to go, blah, blah, blah. He showed back up and he had eyes on one man and one man on Gunther. Now, Gunther has not been pinned or submitted since he's been on the main roster, which is Raw or SmackDown. And he's been Intercontinental Champion now for almost a year. He's about to get ready to eclipse Honky Tonk Man's Intercontinental Championship reign with most days held in a row. Uh, but in order to get that record, he had to get past Drew. This is one of the matches where I like to call a good old beefy boy brawl. Or in the words of Big E, big meaty man slapping me. Um, it was what I expected out of these two. Hard-hitting, stiff, like, oof, oof. I ain't trying to fight none of yous. Because you ain't, because Gunther ain't about to chop me like that. And Drew ain't about to be, no. No, 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 no. Not this individual here. But... Drew went for his finisher, the uh, Claymore kick, which is kind of like a running weird drop kick. Yeah. Um, Surprisingly, Gunther kicks out. Gunther hit his series of moves that he does, like power bombs and all of this, and boom, Gunther retains. To my shock, Gunther retains. I thought that they was going to go ahead and pull that trigger and uh, dethrone Gunther, but Hey, Gunther is close to a record. And how they say, records are meant to be broken. So, the ring general, Gunther, still remains your intercontinental champion. This was probably maybe my third favorite match of the night. Yeah, I say roughly my third favorite because Gunther, when, when, when Gunther has pay-per-view matches, he flips some weird switch and he goes out there and has matches. So this may be my third favorite match of the night, I would say per se. Um, but yeah, Gunther retains. Still a champ. Possibly my second favorite match of the night. You have the world heavyweight championship, Seth freaking Rollins versus Finn Balor of the Judgment Day. Now, this was a culmination of a seven-year beef to go back in town. Back when they first interviewed, introduced the Universal Championship, these two were at SummerSlam seven years ago and competed for that. Seth Rollins powerbombed Finn Balor into the barricade, and from that, Finn got a torn labrum. Finn won the match, but the next night he had to relinquish the title. So ever since then, Finn's career in WWE has been a little up and down, while of course Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins. So 
they're finally able to truly settle that score. And to give some more background context, Judgment Day, of course, Finn Balor, uh, NXT North American champion, Dominic Mysterio, women's, uh, women's heavyweight champion, Rhea Ripley, and senior money in the bank, Damian Priest. For those that don't know, the money in the bank is the briefcase. One man, one woman has. Cash in anytime you want for a championship match of your choosing. So that's been looming of Damian Priest. When is he going to cash in? Is he going to cash in on uh, Seth? Could he cash in if uh, Finn wins and cash in on his own Judgment Day teammate? The Black Dickens. Well, pretty solid match. Um, like I said, it's probably maybe my second favorite match because they actually, even though it felt done before, they still put on a pretty decent match. They still put on a pretty good match. The only, I think the only downside to this match was we just seen them wrestle at Money in the Bank. If they didn't already have a previous match and this was them running it back, it would have gave a little more extra pizzazz to it personally. Kind of like the same thing with Brock and Cody. We just seen y'all wrestle twice already. You know, so, but still, this wasn't a bad match. Like I said, maybe possibly my second favorite match of the night. Um, They still gave that intrigue because, too, it was like, hmm, could they break Finn's little curse and him become champion? They had moments. They had moments where it looked like it was like, Wait a minute now. You know, so, but um, towards the end, Judgment Day comes out. Damien Priest first. Finn was kind of like, sorry. Yeah, Finn was kind of like, Damien, what you doing out here? What's your, what's your intentions? You, 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 you looking, you look like you're kind of moving kind of funny, my guy. And, of course, Rhea and Dominic follow. And they tried to cheat because there was one spot the ref was distracted. Uh, Seth hit the ropes, got clocked by Priest. Finn couldn't get the job done. The first time they truly tried to really lay it in with the cheating, Priest tries to give Finn the briefcase to use it. And Finn was like, this ain't plan A. This ain't plan A. Let me stick to the da 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 And then Priest was like, use the briefcase. Rhea has the ref distracted, used the briefcase, and Finn was like, la, 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 la. so he didn't get a chance to use the briefcase. Then uh, Seth kind of beat up Dominic, kind of beat up um, Priest to kind of get them out the way. Then, Pri then Finn looks at Priest and was like, slide me the briefcase, slide me the briefcase. And then Priest is looking at him like, Man, what? Like, first you wanted me to help. Now you don't want me to help. What do you want me to do? Like, what is it you want me to do? And uh, so he tried to use the briefcase. And right when he slid it in, Priest goes over, 
to um to the ref to distract the ref when Finn tries to get the briefcase to use it, Steph hits the curb stone. And it was like, fam. And Priest arguably gives the best reaction of the night, which I am slowly trying to load this up. So if you see some weird things happening on the screen, just ignore it for a second. But Priest gives the reaction of the night. One moment, though. You're gonna see me in duality now. Yeah, so <laughs> hold on, let me get to it. Cause like I said, this was like the greatest thing ever. I know it's taking a minute. I'm sorry, peeps. But uh so of course Finn is laying there defeated because now it's like, fam, what and Priest is just staying at Finn like you had this. If you would have just did what you needed to do, you had this. But you decided to go against the plan. You decided to do what you wanted to do. And now, most likely come Monday, Finn is going to try to blame Priest for the reason why he's looking all the while Priest was staring at him like this. Literally. The expression of the night. Just look at the disappointment and sadness. It just anger, frustration, all of that in that man's face. Mm, 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 mm. So sad. So sad. But yeah, Seth freaking Rollins retains. And we'll see what's next for old Seth. We'll see what's next. Arguably, I would say my favorite match of the night. Comes from the ladies' women's world heavyweight championship match. The champ Oscar defends against Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair. This was a combination of the fact that Oscar cheated to beat Bianca at Night of Champions. Bianca never got her rematch. Charlotte shows up automatically goes for championships. She's like, hey, I want this title. Blah, blah, blah. We're here. Once again, this is kind of reminiscent to what I just said with Finn and Seth and Cody and Brock. If it feels, it feels like we've had this, maybe not with all three ladies at once, but we had a combination of this. And it wasn't a bad match because as triple threat goes, they showed up. They did what they needed to do. Uh, midway through the match, Bianca took a nasty little tumble, and it looked like it may have been her knee. So, you know, when they kind of throw up the X, that's their way of saying, hey, uh, uh, Superstar might be injured. So the match essentially continued between Charlotte and Oscar. Bianca was kind of limping. The, the trainers and everything was helping her. And at one point, Charlotte hits the figure eight on Oscar, which is basically the figure four, you know, Ric Flair's figure four. And Charlotte adds a bridge to it to make it the figure eight. 
while Oscar was in the figure eight, Bianca was like, no, no, I ain't going out like no chump. She gets back in the fight, limping and all, hits a nice little 450 on Charlotte. The match still continues. Um, With Bianca having the hurt leg, eventually Charlotte hits the figure eight on Bianca. So now it was like, "Uh uh-oh, Bianca does not have much time before she taps. While Charlotte was in her bridge, Oscar comes in, spits the poison mist in Charlotte's face, which somewhat breaks the hole. She tries to do the buzzsaw kick to Bianca. Bianca counters, grab Oscar, rolls her up, one, two, three, and new WWE Women's World Champion, Bianca Belair. Then EO Sky music hits. Who's EO Sky? She's one third of Damage Control, and she is also Women's Money, well, sorry, Miss Money in the Bank. And she's looking to cash in and get her championship. Her and Bailey run out there. Bailey grabs the briefcase from EO. Bailey hits uh, Oscar with the briefcase, hits Charlotte with the briefcase, tries to go hit uh, Bianca, Bianca Ducks, Dex Bailey. Uh, EO picks up the briefcase, hit Bianca in the back of the leg, sets her up for her over the moonsault. And as soon as they announce the match, wow, moonsault. One, two, three, EO Sky is new WWE Women's World Champion. And she gets to celebrate with Bailey and still injured, but she was able to be there. The third member of Damage Control, Dakota Kai. What a moment. What a moment. The crowd was losing it. The crowd was actually, the crowd in London when they had money in the bank went crazy that EO won. Then when they did Backlash in Puerto Rico back in May, the crowd was going crazy because it was EO versus Bianca and the crowd was wanting EO to win then. It didn't happen until to see it fully come full circle that EO is now women's champ. Moments. Good moments. Congrats to EO on her first world Heavyweight Championship on the main roster because she was NXT Women's Champion at one point. Now to have you know the Women's World Heavy the Women's World Championship, yeah. I see what happens. I see what happens. Main event time. Tribal combat for the WWE Universal not Universal supposed to be WWE Undisputed Championship. You have. One Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, versus uh, his cousin, former bloodline member. But can you really be a former bloodline member if you're still family? Uh, Jay Uso. I am not about to run down the whole history of the bloodline and everything, but let's just say. Things have been getting real for the family, and it has come down to this. Tribal combat. Now, tribal combat is not only is 
Roman defending his undisputed championship, but he's also defending his right as tribal chief. So if Jey Uso was to win, not only would he be champion, but he would be the new tribal chief. And I say this as a warning again, it run you, calm yourself down. I know you're looking at the graphic, calm yourself down. Um, This was not a bad match. Let me preface it with that because it was kind of like a no rules, no DQ type situation. It was done before. And if you've been following wrestling around a while, especially with Roman Reigns and the whole Tribal Chief thing, his first major opponent was Jey Uso. Before Jey Uso finally bent the knee and became main event Jey Uso, Roman and Jey Uso had like three matches. They had a Hell in a the Cell. They had like two regular one-on-ones. So, But any recent Roman matches, especially that has no rules. But yeah, they were slugging it out. They was doing, you know, to give the emotion that, you know, family is fighting. Family. Vin Diesel would not be happy that family is fighting. But midway through the match, Solo Sokoa, Jey Uso's younger brother shows up. Of course, he's on Roman's side. He and Roman double team up on Jey Uso. Eventually, Jey Uso was able to dispatch Solo and get him out for the rest of the match. Jey Uso eventually hits Roman with his spear. Then he hits the Uso splash. One, two, and Jey Uso gets drugged out the ring. And it's like, what the hell is going on? It's a guy in a hoodie, takes the hoodie off, pulls down the bandana. It is Jay Uso's twin, Jimmy. Then Jay is staring at Jimmy. Jimmy staring at Jay. And Jay proceeds to hit, sorry, Jimmy proceeds to hit uh, Jay with a super kick in this like. What's going on? What's going on? Jimmy just betrayed his twin brother. After all they went through, Jay Uso left the bloodline to align himself with Jimmy. And all it is just for big brother Jimmy to betray Jay. Jimmy throws it back in the ring. Roman spears Jay through a table. One, two, three. Roman retains. And Jay is in the ring conflicted. He don't know what to think right now. But I guess we'll have to wait till Friday for that follow-up. But yeah, summer slam in a hole. It wasn't a bad show. It wasn't a good slash great show. It was in the middle. If I had to slap a rating to it, maybe a very high six, low seven. Because they had good moments. They had, you know, they gave the gravitas of the moments. 
it was just the fact that I think so much of it felt done before. And I think that's what it was. Like, once again, Brock and Cody was a rematch. Jay and uh, Roman, technically, last month at Money in the Bank, it was a tag team match, the Usos versus Roman and Solo, but still done before. Seth Rollins and Finn Balor was a rematch. The triple threat with the ladies, it was kind of a mixture. And then, you know, whether you cared about Logan Paul or Ricochet, whether you cared about the MMA rules match, whether you cared about the Intercontinental. Actually, if I was to rearrange it again, the Intercontinental may be my second favorite match. And the ladies triple threat would be the third, would be the first. And Seth and uh Seth and Finn would be uh third. And we'll just go down from there. Because that inter- I totally forgot that Intercontinental match was pretty good. Um but yeah. A smooth six, maybe seven. You said they gave moments, you know, Bianca winning the title and then losing the title. It's like, wow, Bianca really has a curse at SummerSlam. She really has a SummerSlam curse to where she just cannot stay champion for long. But, um, of course, now we add a new chapter to the whole Bloodline saga, and it kind of now turned into a where and when does this end with the Bloodline? Who was ultimately the don't? thrown in Roman for them titles. But, yeah. SummerSlam in a hole. Almost nearly four-hour show wrapped up in a 30-some-minute video. There you go. I'm Scooter Ray. Thank y'all for tuning in. Whether you loved it, hate it, don't forget to rate it. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Hopefully, thumbs up, please. Like, just like, share, comment, subscribe. Once you subscribe, hit that notification bell to let you know when new videos come. Shout outs to my two other ninjas, Aranya Miss, Cosmic Boss. Just so happens. Oh, that is like just so happens. Shout out to my tag brethren, Lip Dizzle, Jaeger Bombastic, Juggernaut 097. This video here could be on tag, the average gamers. Unless we decide to record a SummerSlam review as the four of us or any combination of the four. So if you prefer more wrestling content, go to tag. G-A-G. Words of uh, Dr. Britt Baker. The Average Gamers tag. That's more wrestling side. My, my passion. That's more the wrestling side of things. But thank y'all for tuning in. Until next time. We just trying to make our Ninja Village proud. Peace.